Hi, everybody, and welcome back to yet another cracking edition of the Matt Brown Show. This is the Secrets of Fail series where we are talking to business leaders, CEOs, and entrepreneurs all about their epic business blunders. And with us in the hot seat today uh, is none other than Charlie Janes. He is the founder and CEO of Focal Point Coaching. Welcome to the show, buddy. So glad to be here. Thanks for the invite. Awesome. Well, you know what's coming, uh, the elevator pitch first. Uh, so let's do that. So what exactly are you up to there at uh, Focal Point? So at Focal Point, uh, I'm a growth and exit uh, advisor. I help business owners grow legacy businesses. And by legacy, I basically mean that they live on and they're relevant after the founder steps aside. Uh, a legacy business tends to perform at, in the top 20th percentile of metrics like profitability or uh, valuation metric. So basically, the type of clients I work with are companies that are really talented, really talented founders. They've already built their business to like five or 50 million, but they run into inevitable roadblocks as it relates to growth or building the team or just getting ready for the transition out. So I, I apply a series of tools and mechanisms uh, that help them find their way through that process with greater success. That's so cool. Um, you also shared an interesting stat uh, with me about the number of businesses that actually get sold. I'd love for you to share that. Yeah, so I'm a certified exit planning advisor. Uh, out of uh, it's a certification body in Cleveland, Ohio. They run all these statistics. So only 17% of businesses put up for sale actually sell. And in family businesses, only 30% of those business transition to the next generation. And 75% of the time when businesses sell, the owner isn't happy with the terms, conditions, or price. So there's a lot that can be fixed. Mm. I uh, spoke to Bo Burlingham. Uh, he wrote the book, Finish Big, and mm -hmm. Small Giants, and all that kind of stuff. Just a really lovely guy. But he basically, interesting in the context of exits. So I've sold a couple of companies as well. And, um, and he interviewed 300 entrepreneurs who had sold their businesses. And another stat, which is quite interesting, but like 90%, like as in 9 out of 10 of the guys who sell businesses, go into depression. And the reason why they do, and which is the irony as well, why? Because they, you've, you know, liquidity event, you should be rich, right? You get to do what you want to do when you want to do it on your own terms, true freedom. But yet these guys go into depression because they've spent 10 years, 15 years building a business to scale, 5, 50 million, 100 million, whatever. And then they sell it. And as a consequence of selling it, they actually lose their sense of meaning uh, and, uh, and purpose in what they do. And this is gaping hole in their lives. And so... One of the key takeaways from Bo was, you know, if you are going to sell your business and you in and you're working with a focal point <laughs> as an example, and there's an opportunity to exit, you must be you must know what you're going to do afterwards. So you're going to speak professionally, you're going to write a book, you're going to whatever, you know. Um, but not knowing and then selling is like the worst thing that you can do. Oh, you couldn't be more right. So you know, our process is we baseline quickly with a a calculation of the number that they need to live the life that they want for themselves and their family, a readiness score, what they're going to do with the rest of their life. And then of course the business valuation with a scorecard of what they can do to improve the value over time. 
Amazing stuff. Sounds like a whole show for another one, another series. <laughs> but uh, we don't have time for that. I think, uh, Charlie, we've got to get into the meat and the potatoes here. So let's do that now. What is your epic story of fail for our audience around the world today? Well, there was a ton of them. I spent 30 years in Silicon Valley growing tech businesses. And in my last one, I was working for a conversational AI company, you know, the company that mans the call centers. Uh, and that company had been locked in at only 700,000 in sales for about three years. And in the beginning, we had great success. We grew our, our revenues to about 7 million in the first year I was working there. And we came up with marquee clients like Ericsson in Intel and uh, um, Stanley Black and Decker. And we answered all the phones in the country of South Africa for uh, Anheuser-Busch actually using AI. So all that was great. But as we, as we, uh, as the pressure to grow, uh, grow mounted, we started making mistakes. And the result was we stopped paying attention to clients. And after the end of that first year, those 15 marquee clients went down to three and we ended up going through layoffs and going from a leader in the Forrester and the Gartner quadrants to really being lost for three years as a result of those missteps. So it was pretty painful. Shit. So what were um, some of those uh, missteps? I'm curious, like, why did that happen? Like, how do you get to that level and then things just completely employed like how did you go from 15 marquee clients to three well in this case it was artificial intelligence so a big thing with artificial intelligence systems is you have to train the systems the implementations take a while so whereas we were really good at getting the sale we didn't pay enough attention to organizational transformation that really takes uh, a lot of psychology and a lot of stick-to-itiveness and really strong sponsors. And we took our eye off the ball there in the eye of growing with new clients. Sure, that's so crazy. And so when you think about that whole experience, uh, Charlie, what do you now take forward with you as like key lesson or insights into your business today? I'm so glad to share this because I think it's universal across a lot of other failures I've had and maybe ones that the people in this audience have had. There are common phases in any business of learning, scaling, and eventually a decline. And the failure points that I most commonly see is that people don't know where they're at. So in the case of the company I was at, we were still in the learning curve. We hadn't been through a lot of the, the actual implementation and the actual success rate. So we, we made a mistake called the honeymoon trap. And the honeymoon trap is where you start expanding and investing in the business before you have a repeatable sales model. And in that case, we essentially became congested. We couldn't process all the work that we had and our customers became dissatisfied with us and we became irrelevant for a period of time. Mm. So, uh, Charlie, if you could go uh, back in time uh, in the Matt Brown Show time machine. Oh, that's great. <laughs> and uh, do something uh, or do, do something differently. What would you do differently and why? So most importantly, there are common frameworks of understanding where you're at. So understanding where you are in a, in a, a growth or a product cycle is super important. In our case, we didn't have a good macro plan. We had a plan for growing sales. Uh, we were really quite good at that. But we didn't have an overall plan on how we were going to grow our customers and what measures of success are. So if I were to go back, 
One, I would set expectations with clients about the learning cycle of an artificial intelligence voice system to really from where they go from being there to being spectacular. The other thing that I would have done is I would have done more to set the expectations with the investors. They saw our early success and they said, this is going to be easy. Let's go. As a matter of fact, what they basically did is they let me go as the head of sales and they brought in a VP of sales who had run a billion dollar call center because they just thought they were ready to scale. But she was gone four months later because the customers started leaving. So I think this idea of planning and knowing where you're at is critical. Mm. And I think also knowing when to sell, right? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that for me is a key one. Like I wrote about this uh, in this book coming out uh, this month uh, called Secrets of Fail. And uh, based on, you know, interviews with guys who are doing like, you know, $10 billion in aggregate uh, companies and stuff. And um, and so I thought, well, you know, the book wouldn't really be authentic if I didn't put my own, you know, fuck up into the book. <laughs> uh, so I did. And it was basically, you know, um, how my previous company also scaling and also didn't really know what stage we were at. So just like, I don't care. The revenues are doubling every year for three years. So I was like, sweet. And my mentor said to me, and I and then and then at that same time, I had the opportunity to come to the States. Um, and I went to my mentor and I said to him, you know, what should I do? And he was like, sell. And I'm like, I'm not selling. You're crazy. We're doubling revenues every year for three years. We scale this thing to international markets. We're going to take over the fucking world, baby. And then, uh, unfor- and unfortunately, COVID happened and a, very, a number of other things factored, which you'll, you'll all read about in the book. But um, but I lost that opportunity to sell, and and I've seen this happen time and time again. I spoke to Peter Duncan, CEO of Microseismic, also massive company, uh, um, oil fracking technology stuff, you know, super niche, scaled massively, IPO, PE, the whole thing, didn't sell, um, and lost that opportunity. So that for me is like a big one. Well, you know, Matt, that could be a whole show in itself. But the thing I want to throw out there is knowing the timing is an impossibility. There's so many external internal factors, you know, including then there's the five D's death, divorce, disability, uh, 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 disasters, things that most people put their business up at the wrong time. So one piece of advice is have your business packaged and continuously being evaluate whether you want to grow or sell every 90 days, but having your accounting right, uh, running your business and that kind of cycles makes it so that when you get an unexpected offer, you don't have to just negotiate on that offer. You can create a bid situation if you've got a broker set up. So again, something to talk about another time, but there are processes that can improve your odds. Yeah, I love what you say there. Like, I, I always think you must build it to sell it. So not like you shouldn't think about only exiting, but you should you know, structure your business and think about, well, if the opportunity came along, do I need to take a year to then redo all my accounting, redo the structure of the business, you know, like redo, 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 because it doesn't, it's not something that you do in a week. It's like, it can take a year, depending on how big the company is. Um, and then you have to allocate resources to that. And then like, is an acquirer going to wait for a year if it's a PE firm? You know what I'm saying? And they're looking at five other options or 10 other options, and then you're just not ready to sell. And I think that that's, you know, one of the key things for me, I think about, which is, well, what, what am I not doing, you know, now that in even systems, like as an example, what systems do I need to design and build now? Uh, so that in three years time, you know, 
we have this amazing story that an acquirer will really love. No, that's exactly it. And there's a package system, uh, a book called from John Warlow called Built to Sell yeah. and a value builder system, which I license. And it basically promotes what you're talking about is building the systems, building the teams so that your, your company is uh, an acquirer actually values the work that you've done. The alternative is living in an ugly house. You know, those people that fix up their house the week they want to sell it. You might as well fix up the house and love it for the three years before you sell it. Same with your business. <laughs> uh, touche, my man. Touche. So, Charlie, what is your advice to uh, you know CEOs, entrepreneurs out there in terms of you know the importance of failing or failure in becoming successful in business? Well, I'm going to say I'm going to I'm going to stick with this idea of alignment. Uh, this idea of making sure that you're always aligning your strategy with your customers, your company, uh, your employees, and your projects. Most of us go off the rail when we when we don't achieve uh, alignment. So the bigger question is then, well, how do I get alignment? So I always recommend that you have a one-page strategic plan. Many of you out there are probably big uh, proponents of the Rockefeller method. That's where the one-page strategic plan came from. Um, using uh, a business cadence process, something like maybe EOS, the Entrepreneur's Operating System, to have your cadence of your meetings. Absolutely pay attention to your values. That sounds like a touchy-feely thing, but you know, values are the principles that the people that work in your business use to make decisions when you're not there. And it's also the principles that your customers use to choose to whether to continue to do business with you. And that falls into your, 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 your uh, intangible capital when a buyer is looking to acquire your business. So it pays attention. It, it really makes it worthwhile to pay attention to the values. And the last thing, since we like to throw out tools and things, is I, in a lot of my implementations, I implement tools to align the strategic plan with the goal setting, the priorities of the rocks that we use, usually say in the cadence. Uh, there's a whole bunch of brands out there, but I happen to use Align Technologies. And that is a great way to hold your employees accountable uh, uh, and, uh, and keep them aligned to what you're doing in a proactive way that's not onerous, that actually energizes them rather than makes them feel like you're looking over their shoulder. Hmm. Very interesting, man. Charlie, very quickly, what about books, tools, and uh, resources you recommend? Well, my favorite coach and my favorite podcast is Focus on This with Michael Hyatt or The Business Accelerator. Lots of good things for entrepreneurs like all of us on time management, leadership, communication. I also like Business Made Simple uh, by Donald Miller. He's the same guy that did Story Build, uh, the Story Brand, How to Tell Your Story. So those are great books and resources for you. Beautiful stuff. Uh, well, uh, Charlie, I feel like there is another show here, <laughs> but uh, that does conclude uh, your time in the hot seat, mate. I uh, appreciate you for coming on the show um, and lending your perspective and uh, being courageous uh, as a as a result of that. Um, yeah, man, just I think what you're doing is great. Uh, when when I get to $5 million a year, <laughs> I'll give you a call for sure. Um, but um, thank you for being on the show. Hey, I appreciate it. It was great talking to you. Everybody else, we'll see you again soon. Cheers.